Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. We are going to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Spider-Man No Place Like Home. There's what? That's the next one, isn't it? <laughs> no, there's Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, no place. Spider-Man like Home, home Sweet one. Home. <laughs> <laughs> he just that's his um that's his new um home decor show. It's like a little, <laughs> little touch of Spidey. He'll do some sort of like throw pillow situation, maybe a duvet. But Spider-Man Home in the Sun. No, it's Place in the Sun, isn't it? Damn it. There must be more. Spider-Man Home Renovators. There must be a show nice. called Home Renovators. But it's Home Improvements. Home Improvements, that was it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> home Wrecker. Home Wrecker, yeah. That's um, when he gets into his... Have you ever seen the one of um, Tom Holland doing the Rihanna lip sync? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be his Home Wrecker face. Oh, well, he's got an umbrella and just, like, knocking the house down. Bit of PVC, Yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. It would be beautiful. Beautiful. Far From Home. Far From Home. What do we think of Far From Home? I love Far From Home. I love it. It's like a little, it's just the most expensive and lavish school trip of all time. Firstly, oh my God. We will go into what kind of school trip this is and go and maybe (laughs) reminisce about our own school trips and what and compare. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, we should. Um, And I like, I just like it. It's a very clever one. It's a good Avengers post Avengers movie and it's a really good standalone Spider-Man movie. What more do you want? I agree. It is it's a it's fun. I I liked it. I wouldn't say it's it hit me as hard as Homecoming. No, because you don't have that excellent reveal, do you? I mean it's still a good it's still quite a fun reveal. But there is there's, there's a twist in the tail but it didn't have quite the same punch <gasps> to it. No, yeah. like when when Michael Keaton opens that door in Homecoming, you're just like, what? No, this changes everything. I don't know why I did, no, didn't see it coming. I do not know why I didn't see that coming, but everyone just screeched. Whereas this one, I was like, I kind of sensed he was evil. I don't know why. It's just his vibe. I, I think it's obvious because um, you meet Jake Gyllenhaal at like the very start, but you're very obviously not shown that full scene. It's when he meets Nick Fury and Maria Hill in Mexico. And mm. it all kind of, the scene suddenly stops before anything really happens. So, and immediately I'm like, okay, something happened there. What are they hiding from us? So every time you meet him, I'm like, well, what's he hiding? He's hiding yeah. something. There's something, there's, what's he hiding? Like, it's, it's obvious. Mysterio, so mysterious. He's even called Mysterio, mysterious. I, what I was trying to do, but I couldn't make it sound mysterious. He's quite saying. mysterious. Uh. <laughs> mysterious man. <laughs> yeah. They missed they missed a um a trick not having Peter Andre in a little cameo. Oh, if they did like a 90s superhero film, which they should really. I know they did catch Mel, but a, a fun one, you know, like <laughs> It would have to be a 90s British superhero because I don't think yeah. Peter Andre is famous yeah. outside of the UK. No, he doesn't translate, does he, bless him? He tried. Yeah. 
um, it's insania to everyone outside of the UK. Yeah. Even the Australians are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was still fun. I liked I liked how a bit like um homecoming, the oh. villain is like a part of us. Like oh. it's not it's not some like crazy alien or something like that coming down. It's like a regular human being who's, you know, upset with life and is doing things to try and sort of um make himself feel better you know what actually i also thought it was good that these guys dealt with the snap the consequences of yeah we were talking about in endgame we were were like what what would have happened in the snap in this area in this area and you get to see a bit of that in the school don't you you get to see the the more long-term consequences of it yeah like some of the kids are five years older than the others (laughs) yeah yeah and they and but I also love how they're just so the ones who were snapped are so unfazed by it. They're like, "Ugh, now this person's five years older. We missed five years of our life. That's so annoying." Like well, that's that. what you would be like if you were a teenager, wouldn't you? Like, "Ugh, this affected me, and everyone else is making it out there." And now we just have to go back to school and do another year. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Is that the COVID kids? I don't know. We've got graffiti in our area. It's you, graffiti in our area. It's just like, let the kids play. We've been locked indoors all this time. And I'm like, if you're doing graffiti, kids, I don't think you're really, your thing is playing. I think your thing is, um, I don't know, like just going out drinking, is it not? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you do at that age group. I can't remember playing at like 15, 16. No, I don't remember playing. I think I just sat on MSN gossip yes. whilst not we doing would homework. Have been great. We would have been great in a lockdown. We it would have been not fine, have yeah. Us. We would have been like, oh, Facebook poke. Yeah, exactly. What was it on MSN that you do? Nudge. You nudged. That's it. You (laughs) nudged in order to get, because someone hasn't replied quickly Uh, enough. So you nudge them. uh, (laughs) I remember if I liked a boy, I'd sometimes nudge them. Like, oh, so sorry. It was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'd log in and log back out again and then log in. It notifies the person that someone's come in and come out. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case they didn't see you there. (laughs) usually they had i don't know why i thought they were being so sneaky and you'd have a a, a my chemical romance quote in your name with flowers around it with flowers around it exactly because you wouldn't you know i wouldn't have a britney spears quote even though i wanted to i had to have you know something from i don't know some 41 or i don't know panic at the disco one of those kinds of bands that i never really liked but i pretended to like them suitably emo right otherwise it doesn't count Exactly. Because your life's so miserable when you're that age and you live in a five bedroom house. Yes. Well, that is a little trip down nostalgia lane for everyone who used mm. MSN. I don't know what it had to do with Spider-Man. So we, we, th- we like to think, oh, such innocent times. It wasn't that innocent, really. It was just boring. Yeah, it was. We had nothing else on. Whereas these guys have an amazing trip. They do. They, they have this insane school trip that I'm not really sure what the academic outcome of this trip is meant to be exactly and they never really specify but they go everywhere they go to venice they go to prague they go to berlin they go to london i'm like what the hell is this i don't have, they're meant to be like you know it's not like a wealthy school is it i know it's a school for smart kids i think it's just meant to be like a it's not a private school i don't think but, but and europe is not a cheap thing because i know in not for in, americans no no because in sitcoms I was like oh, in London or oh my god Paris is the ultimate destination I was like why it's right there but obviously for Americans it's not it's like over there but even in the UK the most we did in the state school was we went to North France and that was because you could get the bus and just drive down and get on a ferry or a or a train and just sit on that it was easy and you'd look at graves is that what you did 
yeah yeah we went to look at graves in belgium we also went around little towns in uh, around north france and tried to speak french to people and bought baguettes and shit and it was... that's nice i didn't do that one i did the graves like you know but mm. like it's war situation. we did the song yeah that was that was interesting it wasn't it wasn't the most we didn't laugh a lot on that trip i must admit but <laughs> still oh like spider-man school trips was it no exactly <laughs> Now, I know there was a little elite group of kids in our school who went to Ecuador. Ecuador? How did they go to Ecuador? They just did. They just went to Ecuador. But one of them came back with malaria, so it wasn't the most successful trip. Oh. People found that hilarious. But now I'm a grown-up. I'm like, it's not great that he had malaria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing now. I don't know what's wrong with me. For some reason, <laughs> it wasn't funny. And they had, a, they had a ski trip, you know, for the, for the kids who could ski oh yeah we didn't do we didn't have a ski trip but we had cornwall trips but i never went on them because they sounded horrible i just didn't really do i couldn't ski so i didn't do that i didn't i went on one i remember when people did their cycling proficiency no there was a trip for cycling proficiency no i got that wrong some kids in that in that year group you know that age Hmm. year six i guess it was year six um some kids went to the isle of Wight for a week but i couldn't couldn't afford to go but the kids who stayed behind got like because there's only like 10 of us we had the best time because they just sent us on like some weird day trips so oh. we did like orion day and <laughs> stuff oh, like that right. it's whatever you could do basically the crux of this conversation is we cannot fathom the privilege that these inner city kids at this school seem to have with this school trip that they seem right. to be able to afford this trip <laughs> this grand tour that they're apparently doing i know and then nick fury he gets all mad at spider-man i can't believe you're not helping me out i'm like he's on the trip of a lifetime why are you bothering literally literally yeah it's Aunt may must have been doing so many extra shifts to pull this one off so <laughs> or inherited a lot of money from uncle ben maybe <laughs> oh yes poor old uncle ben um yeah so i don't know they don't really cover the financing of it but I think it's uh, it's just a way for the writers to get them to like uh, exotic <laughs> locations and have big set pieces where you see like um, St. Mark's Square nearly getting destroyed and um, and other like nice places like Prague and Berlin and all those whatever whatever landmarks they have there. I can't remember now. Well, I know, and if you go diddly diddly do back in time do you remember when you were like oh i wish you know there were more superhero films set in other countries like what about europe and i was like mm, europe would be great haha oh you were sitting there all smug and knew what was coming yeah, that's what i do isn't it <laughs> i'm also i'm always appreciative of uh, american films set in london where they get the landmarks correct mm. so they had tower of london next to tower bridge and i was like well done well done because usually it's like everything's in the same place <laughs> oh yeah and they even had like it was definitely where it was because i was like looking at the flats like i recognize those flats i've seen them from the clipper <laughs> yeah exactly they had everything and whereas um dark world did quite a good job of showing greenwich although so there was a bit where he goes on the tube for all of like two stops to get from big ben to greenwich or something like that and i'm like mm, i know my tube map that that cannot happen no he would have had to get off at greenwich get on the dlr i mean it's just not there's Not so bad. many transfers, so many transfers to get do that route. So no, don't even try. They could it. do a whole superhero movie about a superhero trapped in the underground trying to navigate his way around London. I They're in Bank that. Station trying to oh. transfer from the Waterloo and City Line to anywhere, and just getting just falling into uh, the fifth dimension whilst they're at it. 
even just exiting Bank Station is hard work. It's like you could come out in one of eight places around London. And you're like, how am I here? It's like popping out of a rabbit warren, isn't it? And you're like, I could be in uh, in London or I could end up in Narnia. Who knows? I know. I remember once I was trying to, do it to get to a meeting and I was like, I, I'm in the wrong one. I'm miles away. I'm never going to get there. Mm. That's it. Screwed. Exactly. So, yeah. If only I had swinging web powers, I would have got there much faster. Then you can swing around lots and lots of places. Yeah, there is. Yeah, they do kind of have him swinging around London. And I'm like, there are, London doesn't have that many tall buildings. And they're all, all the tall buildings are in one place. So <laughs> where's, where's his web going? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just touching it to like cranes, maybe. <laughs> or cranes seagulls, possible, pigeons. Yeah. Pigeons, seagulls. <laughs> he does fly around on the drones quite a lot. So that's a good way around it, I guess. I guess I guess we'll do plot before I start asking you too many questions. Yeah, let's do some plot. I mean, overall, I thought it was fun. Didn't hit. It's one of those kind of middling ones where like it's good and it's entertaining. It's just not like the most hard hitting or memorable, I would Mm. say, personally. But it's good. It's good fun. Um, And it starts off in Mexico. It's like a little round the world trip, this whole film. Oh, my God. That's why it's called Far From Home. I just got it now. Paul, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you have a degree in everything. What's I just thought they put home in the title of the Spider-Man films, just found a way to do it. I didn't, yeah, okay. Fine. Just, we'll just brush past that. You're gonna edit that out? Are you gonna All my, no, I'm go, you know what? I'm gonna own up to it and just let my credibility flutter away like it's been snapped. <laughs> I feel power again. The Marvel whore is back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're in Mexico Nick Fury and Maria Hill are there and there's a big Sandman thing um, that's like destroying things and then Jake Gyllenhaal appears in a superhero outfit and he looks like he's about to fight off the big Sandman then the scene cuts off there but so immediately you're like okay something's going on that not not everything was what it seemed there at all Uh, meanwhile Peter Parker and all his mates, they're back at school, haven't been snapped for five years. Um, And like we said, this is very interesting because it shows how they now have to share their class with people who, when they were last alive, were five years younger than them. Which Which would be really annoying, wouldn't it? Because when you're a kid, age is everything in terms of cool rankings. It's true. I think that's why the guy that MJ is like, is the guy who's flirting with MJ and Peter's a bit jealous of. They don't really like him because they were like, oh, he was such a tiny little dweeby little thing. And now we've got to share a class with him uh, 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 like that. And they're, and they're also like, oh, and then he's just he's had five years of his life, whereas we've lost five years of our lives and that sort of thing. How do they celebrate birthdays now? Like they've just they, they just like pause for five years now because you'd, you'd live from, I don't know, this year to this year. But your hmm. final age would be five years less than it should be. What do people with leap year birthdays do? If they're born on the 29th of February, that's interesting. I think people either put it on the 28th or the 1st of March. Oh, I, I guess actually also, you know, they, they don't cease to exist. So it doesn't really. It's not no, it's not, it's not like you get born on that one day and, and grow at four, four times less the rate. No, <laughs> it doesn't right. work so, that way. There we go. We're both stupid today. That's my vibe. <laughs> but then with their with their tombstones say like born in this year to 2018 then 2023 to that so like you had two lives maybe or maybe it has like a timeline and then where it dips it just sort of does a squiggle mm. and then goes 
So then, <laughs> yeah, it sort of folds in on itself, like a little origami timeline. Mm, yeah, possibly, possibly. Anyway, it was fun exploring that. And I also like they explored that in a comedic way, because if it was like heavy old graves and memorials and, oh, my, where have my family gone? That sort of thing. It just comes a bit exhausting. Like sometimes yeah. people are going to like when you have disasters in life, people still make jokes about it. You know, I, were... I felt like you aimed all of that at poor old Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, like Ant-Man and yeah, or Hawkeye. Oh yeah, well he's much worse than Ant-Man. The tragic ones, yeah. We we feel more for Ant-Man, I guess. Yeah, we like him. Um, but it showed that there's still like a sense of humor, and I guess it's very Gen Z to be a bit emotionally detached and just kind of be like, ugh, okay, fine, whatever. Like that. they'd have so many TikToks about all of this. Yeah, they would. They would. It would be Definitely. unsufferable, actually. <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be But there'd be amazing, so yeah. many memes. There'd be so many hilarious memes. Oh, my God. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, when you go to your favourite burger joint and realise it's five years later and it's now whatever, you know. Exactly. I mean, let's face it. When coronavirus was first, like, becoming a thing and people were getting a bit frightened by it, like, entering other countries and stuff, there were still memes. So, yeah, so I guess we know they'd find that too. It would have been fun actually to see a British superhero because I feel like we have a very unique kind of humor and way mm. of looking at the world. Like more a detachment, British... more irreverence. <laughs> I wonder how much you'd have to pay Disney to do a British sitcom set just after the snap, mm. but not reference any superheroes, just the snap itself. Yeah, people, regular people dealing mm. with the snap yeah. in, their different, in their own different countries' senses of humor. You know, there'd be some sort of weird game show called You Just Got Snapped or We Got Snapped. <laughs> the generation game of just people's stuff like that have been left behind. Like, you could win the contents of this person's house who's been snapped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got snapped. They're back. It's all good. Um, Peter Parker is obviously upset still and he's recovered. He's mourning the death of Tony Stark, who was his mentor and, and fatherly father figure. figure. Mm. Fatherly figure, exactly. He's always looking for another one of those, though, isn't he? He is, he is, which I guess explains the kind of slight attachment he gets with Jake Gyllenhaal throughout, because mm. Jake, let's face it, Jake Gyllenhaal's now old enough. That's <laughs> true, despite what he may think of himself. I always wanted him to go more for Happy Hogan. But they're all they're all going on this big school trip, this big insane school trip to Europe that apparently American city school kids do. Um, there's <laughs> no... Great reason given for this school trip there's two teachers who go with them um and they don't really explain what this the academic outcome of this it's just a trip that's all it is they want to give everyone a little break after the snap maybe all the um maybe all the airlines are cheaper because that hardly anyone was traveling for five years so they're like yeah possibly yeah encouraging that's another thing during the snap if lo if loads of pilots went surely the planes mm -hmm. crashed that's a dark little that's a dark little tangent. Yeah, I guess they would have done. Same for like anything. boats, cars. Yeah. I was like submarines, submarines, nuclear reactors, nuclear. Yeah, oh, nuclear reactors, currents. Yeah, mm. space stations. Mm. All of that. Like, imagine if you were the only person who got left in the space station up, up above, and no one was talking to you because like all the people who like work the space station stuff. Were You'd snapped. be like Sandra Bullock in Gravity. You would, <laughs> but, maybe but probably more capable at your job. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, and you'd have more rations to enjoy. True, yes, yeah. so you'd have food that would last for ages. Yeah, you're right. This is fine. 
five years i can i can hope this is fine like the dog with the fire yeah. this is fine <laughs> um peter also fancies mj big time but he's struggling to tell her due to teenage angst i think this was probably one of the most realistic parts of the movie was how this relationship develops to be honest and the way that later on she's like yeah i know and I know you're Spider-Man. She just works. I love that. I love, I think Zendaya is so good. Like the way they characterized her as just so much more knowing and a bit more miserable, not like the old MJ, who's a bit like, I don't know who he is. Oh, I'm in love with this person. Oh, oh I've been stuff. kidnapped. I've been kidnapped. Yeah. I've been, I'm being held in a giant web above like 300 feet or something. Ah, help me, help me. Yeah. All of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It plays out a lot better. I love her. And they've got such good chemistry, obviously. I mean, we know why, but those kids, I'm rooting for those two. I want them to go this. And Ned and his girlfriend, I was so, that was so funny the way she didn't like him. Then by the end of the plane trip, they're like in love with each other. (laughs) And then by the end of the trip, they break up. That's also very realistic. That used to happen on school trips abroad all the time. And all these, and it's like teenage romance, but they just only have eyes for each other and no one else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we literally had that on the on the on the trip to the sum. This girl I was trying to fell in love with this boy, Spanish mm. boy, and they were together for the trip. And then on the way home, they they had to call it because their love was no longer. You know, it, their so love dramatic. cannot like, transcend school trips. It can't. It just can't. And it was very dramatic. And I had to pass on the messages like, "Oh, I'm sorry, it just won't work." Oh, you were the middleman. Of course I was. Have you seen pictures of me in high school? I was never not going to be the middle. <laughs> I was you, awful. You, average looking person, send us notes. <laughs> I wish I was even average. I was like the full stereotype of like geek braces, big glasses, bowl haircut. <laughs> oh. But then it all came off and I was prom queen. <laughs> but then did they drop pig's blood on your heads? They didn't, actually. Oh. I- no, I was fine. No, no need to do any telekinesis. So usually that happens to the crazy witchy one. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got my time. There's still you could do it to me any point from now onwards. So anyway, they're in Venice is their first stop. Um, the city is then attacked by a giant water man thing, which is um, perfect for Venice. Perfect, exactly. Like, or not like the worst for Venice. You know, either well, way. If, if I were a giant water man, I'd attack Venice. Yeah. Or Amsterdam. Somewhere with lakes. Somewhere with lakes and canals Canals. and lots of water, basically. New Orleans. Rio. (laughs) Lots of sea. Yeah. (laughs) Scotland. Scotland. (laughs) The coast of Scotland. (laughs) John O'Groats. The locks. The locks, yeah. (laughs) That's where you'd go. So obviously he's in Venice. Um Peter is able to protect people from it, but it's Jake Gyllenhaal who swoops in and defeats the big water man. And he's in his suit with his big orby helmet on thing. And Peter manages to do this whole, like save people from the falling church tower. And that sort of thing. I quite liked that. um, He is like, you know, I'll help out the superhero. Like he's, there's no kind of, because the homecoming was all about him realize it doesn't have to be a hero all the time you can do like the little things and help out and stuff and now he's like i'm gonna do the little things like yeah. stop the church tower from falling and then jake gyllenhaal does the full whack um i quite like that and there's no like kind of jealousy 
or power play or anything like that. He's just comfortable with that sort of thing. He's just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Exactly. And the neighborhood he's in is Venice right now. <laughs> yeah, he'll do it wherever he is. He's on, oh, that's so cute actually, yeah. Mm. Home is wherever he is. Because <laughs> he, he might be far from home, but he's still home. Like Dorothy. <gasps> they are so connected. You found the secret link. Exactly. That's right there. I've see, seen it. That's a, that's a Reddit page, that is. <laughs> Um, Peter is contacted by Nick Fury and Nick Fury has teamed up with Jake Gyllenhaal whom everyone is now calling Mysterio it's such a lame disco name but Mysterio I mean presumably this character was created back in like the 60s or something so I know but I just find it really funny because you know you normally say oh is that a superhero name because they never say it yeah now they're they're putting in names of them a bit more aren't they yeah yeah it's quite fun Mysterio um, they explain that Jake has come from a multiverse, which I guess is like a parallel universe. Um, yeah. And in and in, in this multiverse, the big sand and water men have killed his family. So he's trying to get rid of them. Um, they ask Peter to join in their intrepid adventures, but Peter, he declines because he is the opposite to how he was in Homecoming. Now he wants to do the school things and all that stuff. He values that a whole lot more, probably since Tony Stark died and he went through all that snappy snappy as well, I guess. Yeah, it's quite cute. I feel like they should just let him be. He's a tiny child. It's, it, it's different now, isn't it? Homecoming, he's like constantly trying to contact Happy to um, join in an adventure. And now this time they're constantly trying to contact him and he's mm. trying to fend them off. It's completely reversed. But it's not explained. It be like? It'll be like a mix of the two, I guess. They're trying to contact each other, but they get like can't for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, busy signal. Busy signal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but Nick Fury gives him Tony Stark's super high-tech glasses, which gives him access to a lot of technology. And, oh, my God, there was that hilarious scene where he nearly kills the guy with the nuclear, with the with the missile. And he's like, yeah. no! <laughs> those glasses are super powerful. You wouldn't They're want those falling into the wrong hands, would you? No, definitely don't want to put those in the wrong hands. Nick Fury and Jake think that the next big man, which is the fireman, is going to attack Prague, which by sheer coincidence is Peter's next destination. Weird, right? I, I guess that's part of Jake's plan. Yeah, yeah, it is. Isn't it? Well, I, okay, thought you were doing a, I thought you were doing a bit. I just No, I was, you, you know what, I, I questioned, I was watching it and I didn't actually add that up when the big reveal came. Didn't I, get I was the just title. thinking about, didn't, <laughs> didn't get the get plan, a, didn't get anything, no. I'm not, obviously not on the ball at the moment, am I? You're thinking about gin while you're watching this <laughs> And they're right. The fire, the big fireman does attack Prague. Um, Peter and uh, tries to make sure that all his friends are going to see an opera and are hidden away. But obviously Ned, his girlfriend and MJ all sneak away as well. And mm. they kind of, and they witness what happens. But Ned and MJ, well, MJ's pretty much worked out this point that peter is spider-man ned knows that he's spider-man and mj also gets a piece of weird technology that gets dropped during the big fight as well what could that signify i wonder bum, bum, bum. Mm. jake defeats the fireman with peter's help again and then afterwards they meet each other in like a bar or something and peter decides to give jake Tony Stark's glasses because he's like I don't need to use them I am but a mere school child but you are a great superhero please have these powerful glasses person I've met twice and hands them over <laughs> I get what he's trying to do he's trying to be all like you know Tony told me not to be 
like he told me to focus on being a kid first and be more of a you know, sort of mm. in the shadows. So he's trying really hard, but he's it's like following the rules in a really dumb way, isn't it? Yeah. And he kind of misinterpreted, like Tony left a note that he's kind of misinterpreted. He said something like the glasses are for whoever is worthy or something like that. I, yeah. it, a, bit, a little bit like the hammer, but um, but Peter then misinterprets it and thinks, oh, this must be for me to pass on rather than for me to keep. And Tony Stark must be in his grave like, no, keep them. <laughs> I was trying to be nice to you, kid. I was trying to pump you up, but clearly not. I was too enigmatic. No, just have them. It should have been like, Peter, keep these glasses. Don't give them to anyone. That should have been the note. They should have had him as like Jarvis or something pop out of the glasses, like a little Tony Stark, like, I meant you, dumbass. Precisely, precisely. Or the glasses only work for Peter or something like that. Like they voice recognize. Yeah, he's not. He's not thought this through, has he? No, no. But anyway, Peter does that. He leaves. And then suddenly the whole scenery starts sort of fading away. And it's revealed that Jake is a fraud. He's not a superhero. He is an ex-employee of Stark who has kind of lost his job. And he's working with a team of other ex-employees who are feeling hard done by, who are very bitter towards Stark Industries. But they've managed to make off of a load of technology and a load of technology involving drones that project images. And so all Mm. the big water, fire, sand men were all fake. And it was all designed to make Jake Gyllenhaal look like a big superhero when actually he's not. He's just a regular guy. It's a very convoluted plan, isn't it? It is. And I have questions. So when they when the guys, the big men destroyed buildings, was that real or was that fake? The, the, the drones that he's using have like little guns and things, don't they? So they, the, they were doing it. You're right. Yes, that's what. Yes. So the drones were able to explode that because I was a bit like, did no one be like, why are these buildings still up? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a problem, guys. This Go. makes no sense. <laughs> but it's, it's a risky plan. Like there's still... <laughs> Hella risky, yeah. And I also find it weird that I'm like, I get that you don't like Tony, but he's dead now. So who are you taking revenge on, really? Like just the world? Well, I got the impression that he's trying to um he had these big ambitions for himself. Mm. And because and Tony Stark never let him fulfill that or something, or he he he's been he's had a bit of misfortune in his life. So he's now I saw it as like an allegory for like fake news in that oh, you yes. create a villain that doesn't really exist, but set yourself up as some kind of hero fighting the villain. So, you know, when people were were like rioting in the Capitol after the Biden election and people, and they're all talking about like fighting back, taking back our rights, they took our jobs, all of that sort of thing. Um, But it's all very vague. It's just like, there's sort of a vague enemy and they have to fight. And it's that I felt, I got, I got that vibes from it in that he's creating this in order to manipulate people into thinking that he's the great person who will come and save them at all times but he's not i know he's actually kind of a dick when he comes across like a proper <laughs> doucherini doesn't he when the facade... i mean he is the villain of the piece yeah i know but <laughs> he reminds me of like i don't know i don't know who he reminds me of like a sort of like too cool for school rich kid and very much someone who feels like he should have more than he has yeah. um someone like privilege has got to this guy yes big time and I like how he gets increasingly more frenetic and mad, like towards the end as well. But yeah, I thought I I quite like the Spider-Man films in that the villain, like I said, the villain is always someone kind of regular who happens to have technology he really should not have his hands on. Um, 
and it's again like the villain is among us rather than you know coming from a distant planet or something i think so it's definitely felt smarter the villainary villain how do you say that word villainary um villainary 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 yeah i like that villainary um it's got smarter since the originals where it's like really big bad guy and now it's like oh yeah like the wolf among us situation like you're saying mm. after this reveal to the audience peter and mj meet up mj reveals that she's worked out that he's spider-man which is was hilariously done i love that i and love then, it too. of course she has because he's not exactly subtle is he he's never in the room when spider-man's there it's so obvious and it's it's kind of nice because there's always like a I am Spider-Man. It's like, oh, oh, what does this mean for our relationship? And I love that she's just like, yeah, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, was I meant to be shocked? <laughs> and she shows him the piece of technology that she found. And this makes him realize, oh, this was all fake. Actually, I should not have given those glasses to the bad guy. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Ooh, what am I like? And um, he goes to attempt to fight jake gyllenhaal but jake gyllenhaal uses the drones to kind of disorientate him and change what he's seeing all the time so yeah again it's it's quite that's quite sinister in that the lines between reality and fiction are becoming blurred i think it was i i saw it as like an allegory for when you go through social media trying to find and trying to siphon off the fake information from the real information and that's very Mm -hmm. hard to do sometimes so i guess that's it's you know an image of that symbolic of that he manages to defeat peter and he scuttles away with all his drones um but now everyone's heading to london where jake is creating a fake monster that's like an amalgamation of all these big blokes um blokes blokes because we're in london i like it they're blokes. yeah they're blokes there yeah that's right they're (laughs) geezers um and obviously peter goes there he tries to make sure his classmates are all safe in the tower of london but obviously they have to fight off some drones as well and that was fun because they're using all the old weapons like the spears I like the thought the tower of london was the safest option as well yeah this big tourist destination everyone can go inside yeah mm. make much i was sense, like maybe, maybe not why not somewhere low down with doors <laughs> like a like a tube station where people used yeah. to hide during the blitz yeah that would make more sense to me but whatever <laughs> Still, they're they're very they're very plucky and resourceful together, and they manage to fight off a drone and hide inside some kind of vault. I've never been in the Tower of London, so I don't know if it actually looks like that inside. You know what? I know. Shall we go? Shall we go? Let's go. Let's go to the Tower of London. I've never. I've lived in London ten years, never been in it. So well, you don't. This is the problem when you live in London. You don't do things. Like, I never went in the bloody um, Cutty Sark. I lived in Greenwich for how long? I don't know why I didn't do that. Oh, I've not been to the Cutty Sark either. <laughs> Let's I've been go there, then. but not in it. We could take the bait. We'll do a little tour of London. It'd be nice. <laughs> perfect there we go we're going to do all the things that we just haven't done yet um there's a big big fight peter is able to infiltrate the um the big fake hologramic hologrammatic man and get into this, and infiltrate the jerk the drones and gradually kind of break them down so that the man disappears um and he manages to eventually defeat jake gyllenhaal at the top of tower bridge and this is where Jake Gyllenhaal goes, he goes completely mad. Like he's, he's losing, he's, this is like a tyrant losing his power of fear, I mm. guess. Um, and he wins and Jake Gyllenhaal dies. He dies, doesn't he? Yes. Gets killed. In it. Yes. yes. I feel like it maybe needed, because there was a real sadness to Michael Keaton being the villain. Because obviously that had effects on his wife and his child. 
Um, I don't know whether we needed a bit more insight into Jake Gyllenhaal's sort of past life or something, make him a bit more of a tragic villain. Well, weirdly, some people have taken him as that and they've said that this film reflects really badly on Tony Stark um, mm. and that his motives are understandable. But I think he comes across like a bit of a, you know, chucking his toys out the pram vibe. Because, I mean, I've had bosses annoy me, but I've not gone on violent rampages. So Exactly. Like- and people people get made redundant. I've nearly faced redundancy before. I'm not going to get a load of drones and try and take over the world as a no. result of it. If I had a load of drones, I'd probably sell them and make some money. Mm. Exactly, my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make my own business. I wouldn't be droning around. There seemed a stronger motivation behind the villain in Homecoming, it mm. seemed. Like, you saw how he wanted to look after his workers, but his job kept being taken away by, like, higher powers. And it's he's just constantly frustrated by these governmental people telling him what to do and taking away taking away his jobs and his livelihood mm. and that sort of thing and he still came he a nice guy as well because he was like a nice dad and like i don't know just came across like a good good dude whereas this guy's i'm like no i think he needed like what you know does jake jindal have a family that he can't provide for or something like that or has he been downtrodden in some other way i don't know it it needed something mm. like that to fully for this like whole death scene and final climax i think it needed something like that for it to hit harder yeah um, like oh he was tony's illegitimate son and he yeah. was never given access to the fortune or or accepted into the family that sort of vibe oh my god love that and then you could have like the rivalry between him and peter because peter's almost like an adopted son of yeah tony, isn't and it? tony loved him more and bestowed the glasses upon him we should have written this shit we should have written this film. i know look how long that took us we didn't even have to do a writer's room like you know moment that was it just over zoom this is the writer's room. <laughs> um, the kids all go back to New York City and Peter and MJ start a relationship, which means that he swings her around while she clings on to him. And I love that she's clinging on for dear life as she's terrified and her hair's going everywhere. <laughs> I know, because in the other ones, it was more like, wee, gliding pretty air. Her hair was perfectly streamed backwards. Just, just hold on to me and you'll be fine. Okay. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas you would, you'd be like, ah! <laughs> but yeah, because like, you, you literally have seen you make so many mistakes before. What if you drop me? Yeah, and it's he might be Spider-Man, but he's still only got two hands. He's not completely spider in that respect, no. is he? So, no, no. Mm, <laughs> completely mm. spider. <laughs> but he would have like four extra limbs or something, wouldn't he? That'd be quite weird and creepy, yeah. And then in the mid credit scene, um, it turns out that Jake, before dying, has sent fake footage to uh, the Daily Bugle um, of Peter killing him. And then Peter revealing his identity in front of everyone. And it's just been transmitted across the whole world. And the guy revealing it is the head of the Daily Bugle, the official head of the Daily Bugle, according to the Tobey Maguire ones. Yes. It's him. Um, Jonah. J.K. Simmons. There we go. Well, what's the actor's name? Yeah, him. Yes. Yeah, it's cool, right? I always wanted a Daily Bugle spin-off series because I was having a lot of fun. Because you wouldn't need to see any of the superhero action. You could just hear the reporters coming back and reporting on it. Yeah, and you can get Karen from Daredevil involved in that one. Yeah, the good journalist. Mm, the tenacious journalist. She's tenacious. She is super tenacious. Maybe that's what Disney will do. Because Jessica Jones works at the Bugle for a while as well. Yeah, they could do that. Because um, I think investigative journalism, let's face it, it's cinematic and it's quite fun. To watch. And it's heroic now. Like, mm. For a long time, journalists were the evil ones in films. And nowadays they're good. 
a spin-off would be good with some heroic journeys. And they could and the day they could have the Daily Bugle trying to work out in this modern era whether it's the sort of newspaper that does tell the truth or whether it does think does like spin things to try and like um, get clicks get clicks and uh get people shouting at each other on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It could well, be really yeah, what's his name jonah the, the the head guy he his he hates superheroes in the comic books he hates them so it'd be quite fun so he's always commissioning him. articles with an agenda isn't he um and then there's a post-credit scene which was left me a bit like uh because <laughs> it turns out that fury and hill throughout all of this were not fury and hill but were rather those aliens from captain marvel they were from captain marvel weren't they yeah 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 scroll scroll that's it i was like not the Cree, the other one <laughs> the scrolls um they, they were in disguise as them and fury is on a spaceship somewhere yeah and that I mean, was it not? really that left me a bit like okay fine i see <laughs> oh yes well there were clues that that was the case for film. oh were there oh yeah is there a question in your quiz about that there might be oh i know your game now i know what you do <laughs> you can see when i'm bursting to say things but i'm like gotta hold it back for the quiz don't <laughs> say it <laughs> you're like let's move on before we reveal too much <laughs> yes don't push me i would be terrible under questioning i would tell people stuff before they even began torture i just like, oh my god you'll never before they that. even ask the question yeah yeah <laughs> she just talks and talks and talks <laughs> So yeah, really? that's Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I'd say a middling one for me. Like one, yeah. I'd watch it again, but I'm not going to be like, it's the best one ever. Um, but no, I think the first one is so good. Yeah, It's very it nice. Like, I think the problem is it's like almost, um, it's a really good teen romance. It's a good high school movie. It's a good superhero movie. Mm. But it's not like, um, sometimes because they're so, I don't know, because he's so adamant about being a normal kid, the stakes mm. feel a bit lower because he's just like, you know he just like the big thing is he wants to just be a normal kid it's not like anything else is at stake sometimes yeah that's right and it, the worst thing that's going to happen with this whole story is that um jake gyllenhaal's going to maybe destroy a few buildings but he's still going to save the day yeah so actually he's not looking to destroy the world he's looking to pretend to save the day by saving the day <laughs> from yeah, they could have just let him do it and then he could have quietly told theory that you know he's a bad guy and they could have just dealt with it quietly when there wasn't a big monster exactly and he could have or he could have just used the drones as like entertainment for people i don't know be like a big entertainer or something like that i guess the problem would be is if there is collateral damage in the form of like innocent people being killed Mm, even though he's saying day like what were the casualty rates on these attacks yeah yeah it's true they don't go into that really do they no I get the sense that just buildings have been destroyed, but that's about it. You'd, you'd hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, he's more evil than we realise. And the buildings that are destroyed are these big tourist destinations that no one lives in anyway. So it's not like people's homes are going. Like, no one lives in Venice. Let's face it. No, but it would be quite sad if big bits of Venice were just wiped out. True, true. Sad big for the ben- Venice gone. economy. Well, what would you give it out of five? Three. Mm, I'd give I'd it wait- a three. I think. Interesting, interesting. I do just love the cast on this one. I, I feel like they don't even need to be doing Spider-Man stuff. I would enjoy just a high school movie about these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it makes it more accessible for mm. like your casual Marvel Marvel viewer. Because um uh Doug, 
who um, doesn't really like Marvel films, has turned out, turns out he really likes the Spider-Man films because he watched the first bit of this and he doesn't like Marvel or anything because he finds it too serious, too reverential, takes itself too seriously. But then he saw the beginning of this one and thought, and he said, oh, I like that. I would, I'd like to watch a bit more of that. So I showed him Homecoming and he really liked Homecoming. So, yeah. And I think that is the big, this is our new, like, Cut like base. If Doug likes it, then it's it's my my research pool of one has proven that (laughs) more people will like this one. (laughs) I'm sure I'm gonna have to find out what Chris felt because he I've told you before he weirdly doesn't like Marvel films despite everything we know about Chris that would suggest that he does like that sort of thing. Mm. He doesn't, and I seem to remember he kind of liked it, but not that much. Mm. I know um, lots of old. Marvel fans don't like Tom Holland because they think he's too young to be Spider-Man but that makes no sense to me because in the comics he is literally this age yeah in in Homecoming he's like I'm 15 and Tom Holland's like 20 something (laughs) yeah and looks and looks younger I think he looks younger like the other guys all look like you know classic Greece style adult playing kids Tobey Maguire was like 40 yeah (laughs) but they were like he's my Spider-Man I'm like "Mm, but he was pretty old, guys. I feel like this makes more sense, and I like the, you know, the 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 more diverse school. Yeah, I I think the character like Zendaya, like we say, is amazing, and and the more the less patronizing depictions of teenagers. We talked about it in Homecoming that these teenagers are they're intelligent. They are to use a phrase to use a word I don't really like. They're woke. Um, yeah, they're they're nice to each other. They're annoyed. They annoy each other, but they're still nice to each other. There's no like bully or anything. There's no hierarchy. Um, they're book smart teens exactly book smart teens it's it's mm. the book smart era where you know people are they're a bit sometimes they're a bit a bunch of douchebags but you know there's still there isn't like this big bully called like chad or something who's like the jock and is good at sports and therefore top of the top of the pyramid chad yeah. is such a bully name i wonder it if that is. will come back and his because... girlfriend's the head of the cheerleading squad and she's called Brittany. yeah she is or whitney or anything or Brittany, whitney courtney yeah yeah <laughs> do you do you want me to quiz you now yes quiz me now let's quiz what do you believe it got on rotten tomatoes oh let's go with 84 90 90 oh wow okay higher than i thought okay yeah yeah they said it's breezily unpredictable Mm -hmm. uh it sets the stage for the next era of the mcu there is actually a little bit in it which people think is an easter egg so when they're swinging through like when zendaya and Mm. Sorry, when MJ and Peter are swinging, they go past two like a couple of billboards that say, oh, "I can't remember." So like, what? This is what we hope you know. What comes next? And it's like one, two, three, and it's like they're zooming into Phase Four. Ah, uh, okay. So is this the first film of Phase Four? Indeed, it is. Ah, I see. Phase Four is like largely TV, to be fair, but mm. it's not a bad thing. Okay, and what do you believe it made in terms of dollar? Dollar dollar bills. Um, seven hundred million. No, one point one three billion. Really, Jesus. Yeah, it's twenty fourth highest grossing film of all time, Bloody and it's God. actually Sony's highest grossing film worldwide. Which is why Sony's clinging on to Spider Man with all its might. With its little webbed hands, it will never let go. <laughs> those claws are deep in those spidey, spidey senses, spidey <laughs> body. 
I would never let go. If I own something like Spider-Man, I'm like, yep, that's mine forever. Mm. Um, okay, so Peter Parker's suitcase has the initials BFP on it. Do you know what that stands for? Or Ben Parker. But I don't know what the F is. Franklin. Oh, Ben Franklin. Because apparently he, he was based on Benjamin Franklin. Oh, okay. Ah, I see. Um, yeah, I did. I noticed the briefcase and I did be like, oh, it's Uncle Ben's briefcase. So it's like quite nice because they've not had any direct references in the first four of Spider-Man's appearances in the MCU. I don't think they've referenced him at all, in fact. I think that, yeah, I can't remember no. any time when they've made mention. There was him. like one thing where he was talking about great, he does like a sort of riff on the power responsibility thing. Mm. Like when people with power don't do anything, I think is what he says. But that's the oh, end of yeah. the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. We, we've already talked about J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson, because you, you spotted J.K. Simmons. This is an old hat of the spider-man world he is yeah um so but this is important because it's the first time what (laughs) if that's the The first time time that someone from another marvel film plays the same character in the mcu yes that's right first time an actor's played the same character in a marvel films reboot of the series on screen Mm. but not the last time because i've seen spoilers for the next spider-man film so yeah (laughs) Yes. But Which were hard to avoid, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you haven't seen too many. But No, no. I don't know exactly what happens. I just know that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in it. That's all I know. <laughs> Pretty major, as spoilers go. But, you know, it's fine. You know there's a... Well, I mean, obviously the multiverse wasn't real, but you know... <laughs> Is it not? Oh. <laughs> you know there's vibes. Um, okay. Uh, when Peter mentions Captain Marvel to Nick Fury in the beginning of the film, he responds mm. with, don't invoke her name. Uh, why do you think this is interesting? Oh yeah, that is true. Um, I'm not sure actually. It's because he's a scroll. So, um, like, because obviously Nick holds, she holds her in reverence, but not to the same degree as these guys. Because she basically saved them all. So they're like, no, you know, she's. Too I good. thought I thought it was like they'd fallen out or something, and I yeah yeah I remember now. Mm. Mm. so uh, the post credit scene um you know when we see nick fury in space Mm. um kind of verifies a theory that was introduced in captain marvel that he is sometimes a scroll um so why why do you think people were talking like about toast involved with this like it's linked to some toast but why toast toast yes toast uh no idea that sounds really random so in Age of Ultron, <laughs> we see Nick yeah. Fury eating some diagonally cut toast. Mm. Um, but in Captain Marvel, he told Carol that he despises diagonally cut toast. Ah, I see. So at other points in other films, it was not they Nick did. Fury, but a scroll in disguise. Yes. I and see. the first line of the film from Maria Hill, she says Nick, but we know he doesn't call himself Nick, he's Fury. So that's like the first... In- Another big indicator that is not him. I see. I see. Okay. Oh, interesting. So whenever Nick Fury's in the film, in another film, I'm going to look for when he's eating toast. I'm going to look yes. for now. <laughs> <laughs> but just little hints that it might not be him. This film ends with the same last spoken line as Homecoming. Can you remember what that is? What the? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Aunt May says it when she sees him in the spider suit. And then he says it when he realizes his identity has been exposed. 
Yes, that's true. We didn't talk much about Aunt May because obviously she's in this, but she's a, she's dating Happy. That's oh yeah, nice. she is. She's dating Happy, and Peter's a bit like, "What? Why?" Yeah, yeah. I don't need a new father figure unless it's a weird man with a short head. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they kind of yeah. play off the fact that she knows he's Spider Man more for laughs in this one. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. They didn't really have. If they're on a school trip, there's no reason for her to really be there. So she's sort of it's very brief her being. Yeah, that's true. It's a shame because I do love her, but Mm. Um, they use a specific colour to indicate villainy in this film. Like green? Yes. Green, isn't it? Yeah. Because it'll acid green. Can you remember? Like, I mean, it's Disney, isn't it? So that's what Disney does all the time. Green is often a villainous colour. Yeah, that's true. But Jake Gyllenhaal's suit is green-ish. And And when, when... when the drone when the drone's hologram goes away there's like a greenish tinge to it isn't there or did i yes. make that up? no yeah i think you're right that's right you know when it goes <laughs> like that yes <laughs> it's a very specific shade of green as well his powers like villain green well yeah green. so i was reading about this so they say like apparently green's been used to indicate evil in disney films because it's sort of indicative of like mold and like you know death illness illness and stuff yeah yeah but also apparently in the 19th century it was a fabric dye derived from arsenic so it poisoned people i see even when it uses a wallpaper Mm. how interesting Ah. color history is that a is that a topic i can start teaching to make some money it's interesting isn't it because that that shade of green it does but then if it's a slightly more slightly brighter more pastely shade of green it denotes life and nature yes doesn't it, it it's there's a yeah. subtle difference isn't there i guess it's a very na- that's a very natural green whereas this is a very feels very man-made doesn't it it's a green tinge with more sort of blue and purple which is where you get the slight more dirtiness to it i guess yeah dirtiness what a unhealthiness good yeah well we're on colors like do you know what color they always have um the good guys where in disney films the hero red or blue it's blue, yeah. Blue. Yeah. Um, it's always like, like it's helped them stand out. No one else in the film usually wears blue. Like, like Belle in Beauty and the Beast is the mm-hmm. only person in the village wearing blue. Exactly so. Like, so stand out because she's just cannot handle this. What will she say? Provincial town. Provincial <laughs> town, that's it. Yeah, I was like pastoral. No, not pastoral. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's very pastoral as well. It is pastoral fun. anyway, yeah. So all of these P words, I'm not into it. She wants. Um, she wants. She wants to go to the city where there's jobs and stuff and clubs. That's what she. Oh needs. my god, that would be good. A modern version of her just mm-hmm. wanting to get out there. She's in lockdown, bless her. Um, okay, so two questions. I guess this is a question in two parts. Um, mm. The glasses contain some technology, and the technology is called Stark technology. Edith. Oh, Edith. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an acronym there. Um, oh yes, they told it. They tell you what it is, and yeah. I can't remember what it was now. What was it? It's even dead. I'm the hero. Yes, that was it. <laughs> Which is a very Tony move. Um, so yeah, that's quite fun. Um, we've got some news coverage at the beginning of the film, and it shows some photos of the Avengers. Do you know mm. what's significant about all these Avengers? Uh, no. Are they yeah. all ones that survived? No, it's all the ones who died for good. 
Oh, so the opposite. The, opposite, the opposite, complete <laughs> opposite of what I just said there. <laughs> yeah, almost right, I suppose. I couldn't um, have been it, more wrong with that no. one. And they, um, they showed Captain America, even though he didn't die, because obviously they don't want to be like, oh, he went back in time and he came back and he's old now. So they've just, um, they've, they've faked his death. Basically. But I suppose in a way he did, because he went back in time and then aged throughout yes. life. Because that's yeah, what yes. he He must be pretty old. We don't know how long he's going to last for, I guess. Yeah. Be quite good to do the elderly adventures of Captain America. And they're all in a retirement home. Yeah. Yeah. Or as we said before, they could go back and do a like another series of Agent Carter with him in it, you know? Yeah, that's true. When he comes back, yeah. But I think Chris Evans doesn't want to do it anymore. No, he's got enough money out of Marvel now. We talked about Happy and May dating. Mm. Um, but this isn't the first time that she's dated a character from Spider-Man. Uh, do you know who she dated in the comics? Ooh, um, Tony Stark. No, although I would have loved that. They had such good chemistry. No, it's, um, you're close. She dated Jarvis. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this is like the closest she'll get because Jarvis is Vision, but Happy mm. Hogan's kind of like a Jarvis, maybe. Yeah, the replacement for Jarvis. Mm. Yeah. The slightly more human version. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's one last question, which I've had to retire. Um, can you guess what question that is? One last question I've had to retire. No. What was it? What did I, what did I work out? So No, as in like, I've always had to ask you this question for all the other ones, but I can't ask you it anymore. I've retired it. I've, my mind's gone blank completely. Stan Lee. I can't ask you about his Oh, yes, of course. There's no Stan Lee anymore, is there? He's gone. It's very sad. They had an actor who looked a bit like him in it. But um, mm. that doesn't count. So we're done, no, I'm afraid. No, it'd be weird to get someone to impersonate him. Yeah, I would. But yes, that's, um, that's my quiz. That's your quiz. And an excellent quiz it was too. We learned so much. Thank you. <laughs> right. We've got a TV series next. It's not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before you start panicking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I hold you responsible for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. forever, apparently. So Apparently I, I created and produced it, yeah. We are watching the last series of Runaways. Oh, Runaways yes. Series 3 is what we are doing. Delightful. Um, and maybe they will stop running away and come back. The comebackers. The so comebackers, the returners, back. yeah. Yeah. Oh, the returners, yeah. God sakes, what's wrong with my <laughs> the brain? The <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode.